I'm Stephanie Lugo, and welcome to the Market Authority Show. Today, I want to extend a special welcome to the newest members of the Market Authority Academy. We have Amanda Tenendios and Crystal Mills. Really excited to welcome you both to the Academy, and I'm so pumped to celebrate all the successes that follow. Before we dive in, I want you to know that I have a free brand new masterclass available for real estate agents everywhere, and I want you to get your hands on it. The details are in the show notes of this episode. Go check that out and register for free anywhere so that you can learn exactly the three systems that will help you triple your business in 2021. I'm breaking it all down and sharing all the nitty gritty on exactly the strategies that you need to triple your business next year with a little help on and off of social media. Now, we know that there's a symbiotic relationship between lenders and real estate agents, right? We kind of need each other. And what I find interesting about that relationship is that a lot of the marketing that the two professions do is similar to each other, but mortgage lenders kind of have it harder, if you ask me. They have to market not only to the consumer, but also to the agent as well. So today, I'm really excited to bring to you an expert at doing just that, Phil Treadwell. He's a 16-year veteran of the mortgage industry, as well as an award-winning podcaster and national speaker. He is the host of the Mortgage Marketing Expert Podcast and co-founder of Industry Syndicate Podcast Network. Phil also serves as regional VP for Mason McDuffie Mortgage in Dallas, Texas, one of my favorite cities. He was recently named uh, one of the 40 most influential mortgage professionals under 40 by NMP Magazine and Top 20 Mortgage Professional of 2020 by Yahoo Finance. In this discussion, we cover how to create a multi-platform marketing plan, being consistent in posting content. Yes, consistency is still key. And he shares how to stay motivated even when being consistent is the last thing you want to do. He also shares how to track your results to know what's working and ways he's planning to level up in 2021. And we talk about so much more. It's a fun conversation and I'm excited to share it with you. Let's dive in. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate nine-to-fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our nine-to-fives to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way. But it wasn't always easy and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from timeless principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. Hey, 
and welcome back to the Market Authority Show. Today, I am joined by Phil Treadwell. Phil, thank you so much for joining us today. Stephanie, thanks for having me. I'm excited about this. I'm excited about it too. You and I have had a chance to talk a couple of times, um, but I really admire kind of your story and all of the content that you share with the industry. You have a podcast, you are heavy on social media. So for those who don't already know you, would you mind giving a little introduction and sharing a little bit about your story and what people need to know about Phil? Sure. No, I appreciate that. Uh, Phil Treadwell, I'm a 16 going on 17 year mortgage industry veteran. Uh, all as a loan officer, you know, running branches, building regions, uh, the production side of the business. Uh, several years ago, I was trying to, you know, create content and uh, build a brand in markets where people didn't already know who I was. Uh, so I started doing a lot of content online, doing some digital marketing that turned into uh, very quickly social media content. Uh, when I first started, people Googled people at that time. And I wanted, uh, whenever they Googled me, uh, whether it was a market that we were trying to open up a branch in, or if I was trying to recruit, I wanted to provide content and and have uh, something credible for people to to see. When that transitioned to social media, which was actually a lot easier, um, it it got to just providing content to a target market or audience that uh, was relevant to them and and help them add value with mortgage professionals. It was helping them build their business, focusing a lot on the marketing side, and uh, started an Instagram page. Uh, called Mortgage Marketing Expert, where we shared a mortgage marketing tip of the day. Uh, I didn't brand it to me. I didn't brand it to my company. Um, We were just putting tips out there and it grew very, very quickly. We had a lot of followers. And uh, honestly, after about 90 days of that, we we ran out of stuff to say. There's only so many one-liners that you can come up with. So uh, we decided to start a podcast specifically to bring on some experts within the industry uh, so that we could take their quotes or their content and repurpose that as our, you know, uh, marketing tip of the day. So uh, the podcast actually blew up. It was uh, originally designed to kind of feed the content for those social media pages. And in turn, um, we ended up getting a lot of traction and having a lot of cool uh, people uh, on and uh, from people, celebrities inside and outside of the industry. And uh, But at the core, I'm a mortgage professional. I'm a sales and marketing guy. I've always partnered with, with real estate professionals. Uh, love to podcast, love to do a lot of social media content and marketing. And uh, so do some cool things through that. Um, also have uh, co-founded a podcast network uh, called Industry Syndicate, which is a group of podcasts specifically for mortgage and real estate professionals to find other shows and other content, uh, you know, to help them build their business. So uh, it's really all in the, the content creation, adding value world. And, and we monetize that through, you know, closing home loans and, and uh, helping real estate professionals. But at the end of the day, we're, we're having fun, uh, really helping average originators become more modern mortgage professionals. I love that. And I'm almost exhausted just hearing about (laughs) all of that work it must have taken (laughs) to get to that point, because it's one thing to say, well, this is what I do now, but I'm sure that it took quite a bit of effort um, and hours to to not only get to that point, but to develop the skills necessary. Um, Would you say that it comes naturally to you to create content at that level? I don't know that it comes naturally to a lot of people to create content at a high level. Um, You know, I would say that I'm a naturally extroverted person, um, an outgoing person. I like having conversations with people. I like to learn new things and get to know a lot about people. Mm -hmm. And so through that, uh, the type of podcast that I do, which is like this, where we have a lot of conversations with people and 
Um, you know, we talk about how people are having success or, or things of that nature. That does come naturally. And out of that, we're able to create, you know, create content or micro content from it. Um, so, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily comes naturally to break it down into pieces of content of, you know, blog articles or social media posts or video clips or a podcast. Um, that's kind of a byproduct of what I do like to do, which is meet new people, learn new things, have conversations about things that, that I'm passionate about and that other people are passionate about. And the content's kind of a byproduct of that as opposed to, I think a lot of people want to build their business and say, I want to do Facebook ads or I want to do a YouTube channel or I want to start a podcast. And they forget that that may not necessarily be the most relevant way to deliver their intended message to their intended audience. And so, you know, that's really what you have to do is, is who is my audience? Determine what message that you want to give that audience. And then you can choose the medium that's most effective. Uh, so I like to think of it in terms of, you know, uh, doing something that I like to do and I'm passionate about. And I, I think if people focus on that, the content comes out of that fairly easily. I agree. And this is something that I talk a lot. I, I mentor agents on this and I talk about this on, on this channel a lot. And when I have these conversations with agents who might be new to the contact or the content creation game, it feels so daunting to them and they don't even know where to begin. Um, but I think kind of to your point, leading into that curiosity and focusing on who your, you know, prospective audience is and what it is they need, that kind of creates the solutions for you to just, you know, unravel like a piece of string. Um, so can you tell me a little bit about how, what that process might have looked like for you starting out? Because at this point, like you've been, you, if you search your name, you search the mortgage marketing like there's so many episodes and so much content out there, but it didn't just like appear. How did you kind of follow that track in terms of understanding who the audience was and figuring out what format of content you would be most successful in creating for them? Yeah. So I, I think at the end of the day, it, it was something as simple as um, doing a podcast and, you know, figuring out where I wanted to focus on, uh, uh, delivering some of the micro content. So for example, the first thing I did was again, have that conversation. And then out of that, I knew I wanted to take the audio and create a podcast. I knew that I wanted to, you know, put some graphics on Facebook. I wanted to maybe put a picture on Instagram. I really followed a pillar content model, take a long, a long form piece of content and break it down into smaller pieces of content that were relevant on whatever platform that I put it on. And that that's really key. I'm not trying to put long form video on um, Twitter, or I'm not trying to uh, take a graphics and put them on Instagram. You know, those are more for pictures and, and, and short videos. And so we, we did that and we, we had a plan of, of every episode. Here are the five or six or 10 things that we wanted to do. And we just did it consistent and persistent over time because that's really how we all succeed is if you stay consistent and you do that over time, you're going to win. Um, there, there's no magic bullet. I tell people, especially on the podcast side, when people say, hey, I, I want to start a podcast, 
I, I steal Lewis Howes, uh, who, who said, if you want to start a podcast, you need to at least commit to doing it once a week for two years. Mm -hmm. And while I don't think you can't miss a week in there, you have to have a long-term mentality. If you're wanting to start a podcast and you're going to quit after a few months, you've wasted a lot of time and effort and you've not given those ideas time to develop. And, and to your point now, whenever you know, you look on social media or Google my name or the Mortgage Marketing Expert podcast or some of my content, um, you find a lot of stuff that I had forgotten about. You know, in the beginning, we were putting a lot of content on Pinterest because we didn't know, can we get some, some people from Pinterest? Um, we were doing, you know, these two or three minute excerpts and putting them on YouTube. But when we tracked that really over probably 50 episodes, I mean, a year or more, we found that 80 or 90% of our reach and 80 or 90% of our downloads came from a handful of things that we were doing. So we scaled back to become more efficient and we didn't do a lot of the things that we did early on, but that content's still out there. People are still able to find us through those means. And so um, I guess maybe the, the short answer to that question is we just, every week when we had an episode, we put as much content out there in a relevant way as we could. We tried to reach people that, you know, may want to discover us in, in new ways on the podcast. And uh, again, after, you know, almost a hundred episodes and, and two, almost two and a half years, it, <laughs> it, it ends up with a lot of content out there through, through a lot of places. I totally can see that. So, I mean, you're, you're talking a lot about consistency and we know that that is the key to so many different facets of success in this industry, but how did consistency look to you? Like, where did you have the accountability? Did you start with just creating a plan or put some kind of system in place that made it doable for you? And was it always easy? Like at some point you reach a level of streamlined where things become more natural, but I'm sure it wasn't always that way. So can you share a little bit about what that looked like for you in the broader scheme of things? Yeah. I mean, honestly, uh, in the beginning, there's always that excitement, that newness of anything that you're trying to do and you're super excited about it. And you're like, I'm going to do all these things and it's going to be great. And, you know, the enthusiasm carried for quite a while while we were trying to get traction. And then we would hit a milestone or we would hit a goal and that would create some more enthusiasm. But after a period of time, it, it does become a little bit of a chore and you have to kind of muscle through and say, I'm going to stay consistent because there's a bigger goal here, even after the excitement wears off. I mean, it's, mm -hmm. it's honestly just like a relationship. There's a little bit of a honeymoon period that, that you go through and you come out the other side and, and you have to be committed to the decision that you're going to stay consistent. And one of my business coaches, uh, there was a period of time it was probably, you know, six months in, I had had some success with the podcast. We'd had a lot of really big names in the mortgage industry on, we were doing a lot of downloads and I had my personal coach that particular week. I was traveling. I had a lot going on with my branches. I was trying to do stuff with my podcast and I was just super overwhelmed. And I'm like, I'm not going to get a podcast episode out this week. Like it was like the end of the world. And um, he said, listen, you have to understand the, when we create these arbitrary goals or milestones or, you know, checklists for ourselves, we have to remember that if we miss one of those, that's not going to undo everything that we've done. And so there's times where I give myself permission not to do an episode that week, or even if I have an episode recorded, because a lot of times I'll record, you know, two or three, four episodes ahead. 
I just may not have time to get it to my team to edit it out or create the graphics or whatever. And that's okay because overall, I'm still staying consistent. I'm still keeping in context what I'm trying to do. My primary job and focus is not just as a content creator, it's to use that to build a brand to you know, recruit and hire people that are helping people with home loans that are, that are helping people achieve the dream of home ownership. So in, in real estate and mortgage specifically, what we do is help people get into homes, right? And on the mortgage side, nobody wants a mortgage. Nobody wants a huge payment. They're like, no, give me the you know, big fat mortgage with the biggest payments you can give, but they want what that mortgage provides for them right? So for me, even though I don't originate, my job is to help those people in my, on my team do that and the end customers. So sometimes whenever we create a bunch of business, we have to take our foot off the gas a little bit and say, I don't need to create content right this second. I need to handle you know, the business that I've already got, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to continue and pick it back up and stay you know, consistent with it that's where the the balance of things is is rough of yes you need to say i want to do this every day or this every week but also understand the balance of if you're getting a ton of results with that don't you know cut your nose off spite your face i'm going to go continue to get more business whenever you're sacrificing the business that you've already got um and that was a lesson that i had to learn is sometimes the way to make more money isn't to create more leads it's to convert more of the leads that you already have and so, you know, at the end of the day, it is about consistency overall, but you need to have context and be very self-aware of, am I not having results because I'm not working? Am I not having results because my content sucks and I need to like do it better? Or am I creating this pressure where I do have stuff going on and it's okay to, you know, stop for a second and take a breath and then, you know, uh, keep, keep at it. So consistency doesn't necessarily mean at eight o'clock on Tuesday morning, I'm going to do the same thing every single week. It's understanding where you're going and continuing to make strides toward that. Oh man, you're like speaking my language. There are so (laughs) many good pieces in there that I want to break down. So I want to know, um, First off, I had a very similar moment and it was a it was a very profound like developmentally moment for me um professionally where a couple of weeks ago I actually had that thought of oh my gosh Stephanie you're supposed to get this piece of content out this week this is what you've committed to do and it just wasn't going to happen for me and suddenly I took a step back and realized wait I make the decisions. I am the boss here. I can choose to move the deadline for this arbitrary goal that I've set for myself and then just keep on going. And it was so, it's so funny because I think, you know, even maybe a couple of years ago, I would have met that moment with angst and given up and felt like a failure when really it's like, actually, no, we're just taking a little detour, but we're still headed to the same place. Um, so I think that that's really important, a really important idea and consistency. And I'm glad that you brought that up. Um, it is really hard for, especially for real estate agents when, and, and, you know, anyone in this industry trying to create content consistently, it's difficult when the results don't come immediate. Mm -hmm. How long until you started seeing actionable results from all of the effort that you were putting in? Do you have any idea? I'm still waiting. No. (laughs) Um, I mean, honestly, I I think you have to kind of have that mentality though. Um, You know, one of my mentors said, uh, don't check results like, or stop checking results because I I was trying to. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think you have to work and, and still, 
as soon as you feel like you're, you've made it or you're kind of reading press clippings, it, it starts to go backwards. But I think maybe a more practical answer of the spirit of your question is um, you, you start seeing results whenever things start getting a little bit easier, you know, especially on uh, a content creation front. We're con- creating content or, or putting out stuff on social media and, and using these technology platforms. They're not easy to get going right? It's, it's that, that boulder that you're trying to roll up the hill and you eventually kind of get to a point to where it does get a little easier, levels off, um, but you still have to constantly push. Mm-hmm. And I think that for me, you start seeing little results that kept me going. Like the first time I got like 10 downloads in a day on my podcast was like, holy cow, like that was incredible. And then, you know, we worked towards 50 downloads in a day and a hundred downloads in a day. And then I, you know, at one point we got like a thousand downloads in one day and there's different milestones, but there's always kind of resetting that goal of, you know, what, what are the little goals we can set to keep us going so that we feel like we are achieving results and getting somewhere while also, again, going back to in context, what is our end result? For me, it was, when I was, you know, recruiting and trying to hire in markets that I hadn't actually worked in or had branches in before, my effectiveness went way down because no one knew who I was. No one knew who my company was. You know, we were a smaller company and I was trying to create credibility. I was trying to create a brand. I wanted them to, when they Googled me or, or looked on social media to find me or my company, they saw something that they found valuable. And I mentioned that because early on, it's, I focused on the downloads, but the whole reason I did the podcast was to create hires, right? Was to be able to actually build my business and build production. So I think that we can kind of trick ourselves or or create some smaller goals that may not be what our biggest intent is, but we can still quote unquote, see progress to keep us going, even if it's the smallest of things. On, On my podcast, one of my favorite things that you talked about in there is even people that have 200 followers or connections on social media or 200 people in their database, because so often we talk about influencers in thousands, tens of thousands, millions, whatever, we underestimate the value of a couple of hundred people. And just mm-hmm. having, uh, you know, if I have 10 raving fans that or five that consume my content and give me consistent feedback, I don't need tens of thousands of downloads. I don't need a ton of likes or followers on social media because the point is to change lives, is to help people build their business. And if one person after this two and a half years can come to me and said, I made a little bit more money than I did because of your content, I think most of it would say that's a win. So, you know, I I appreciate you sharing that in there because again, we don't necessarily have to have these huge results and life-changing numbers to see progress. So again, that's a really long way of saying when it comes to results, I find little wins that'll keep me going while again, keeping my eye on what that, what that long-term big goal is. Thank you for understanding my question, because I think that I, I pro- you bring up an interesting point where really it's not so much when do you see the, the results, it's what kind of results are we really trying to procure right. and what is going to actually equate to progress. Um, I think at least um, for my audience who are primarily real estate agents, 
this is the core struggle in the industry where we have a sales cycle of anywhere between 90 days and 270 days. If you meet someone today, they're probably not going to buy for three, six, 12 months in some cases. And understanding that even if you have generated a lead, it doesn't mean that it's not a good lead. It just right. means that it's going to take a little time to get over there. And, and I do think that the people who are really successful in leveraging content for the growth of their business approach it in the same way. Um, so how can you share a little bit about how you might set those goals or different things that you're looking for to monitor your progress? Um, and this might be for someone who's just starting out mm-hmm. and who really doesn't know what they're looking for. They don't know how to measure that progress just yet. So I think you need to have a, a mixture of, of short-term and long-term goals. And then you've got a way, you have to have a way to keep yourself accountable. And a lot of people want to jump to a coach or someone that they work with. And all of those are great things. For me personally, um, even to this day, next to me right here, I have a checklist where I have a list of things and a grid out to the side of there's things in five different categories. I put two or three things in five different categories that I want to accomplish that day, every single day. And it's literally a checkbox. Now, I don't get to check off every single one every single day. And it's fact rare for me to be able to, to do them all. But those are the activities that I are the incremental steps that help me towards my 30-day goal, my quarter goal, my annual goal, whatever that is. And so I think the first way to do that is to set some goals. What, is, what are you trying to accomplish? And for a lot of people that are getting started in business, it may be something as simple as income, right? I want to make X number of dollars this year or in the next period of time. Okay, great. So if that's your goal, what are you know, smaller goals or shorter timeframes that you can check your progress, like, you know, KPIs, key performance indicators. If I do this in the next 30 days, how is that going to tell me that I'm getting to that longer goal? But for me personally, I have to have kind of some daily activities because I can get caught up in all the things that that are out there that I could be doing and want to do that sometimes it gets away from it. So for me, if, if I get a good chunk of those, uh, you know, listed off, or if I have a, whatever that objective is, it gives me some freedom to go take some liberties and do some other stuff. So I think with people starting out, maybe it's I'm going to add, uh, you know, X number of people to my database, or I'm going to go interact with a certain number of people on social media. Um, because even, especially if you don't have a lot of followers, the best way is to go comment and engage with other people. I mean, that's a very tactical way to start getting known is we all want to jump to posting content or creating content, but what about engaging in a meaningful way with others content or going and joining Facebook groups that are hobbies and things that come naturally to you that you have stuff to talk about. For me, it's brewing beer, guitars, traveling. Like those are the things that I I love to do. And so I can go in Facebook groups and interact with those people. They're naturally going to look and say, well, who is he? What is he doing? And then all of a sudden they may get brought into my ecosystem. And so those are the things that someone getting started or even someone that needs a little bit additional momentum can do is go interact with people, gauge with people and, and come up with a daily, a weekly or a monthly goal of that activity and then gauge yourself, okay, did that activity yield enough results that it's getting to what my, my bigger goal is? But you've got to break it down. This is, a, um, this is a, a progression progress, and that's what the consistency is, is I just know if I do 
You know, if I meet five people every single day that by the end of the month or end of the year, it's going to yield the result that I want. So that was what I was going to ask. I'd love to hear a few of your examples. Is it the meeting a couple of people a day? Is it the engaging? Like what are a few of those daily broken down benchmarks that we're trying to hit? Okay, perfect. So this is what I do with my loan officers. Um, We'll take an income goal for the year. Well, typically everyone has a comp plan and even with realtors, you can do it the same way. What your income goal is, what is the percentages that are going to yield that? So you have in our world, it's loan amounts or in real estate, it's sales. Okay. So with the loan amount, I say, okay, what is your average loan amount, which brings you to the number of units Mm -hmm. when it has units? It's like, okay, how many on average, what are your numbers? How many applications do you need to close that amount of units? Well, to get those applications, how many prequals did you need to do? From the prequals, how many leads did you need to get? And then leads go back to activity. And that's where you have to be self-aware. If you're meeting people one-on-one, if you're posting on Facebook, if you're putting out content, you've got to know what, quantify that activity that yields that lead. Because then a lead turns into prequal to an application to a closed loan and so on. And then what happens is we break it down with my loan officers or the people that I coach to a daily activity or at least a weekly number that they need to hit. Because if the numbers work, even if it's a no, you're still excited because if I needed to get through those five or 10 people, uh, the first five or no, well, cool. Then a certain number of the last five are gonna be yeses. And either way, you just go through the numbers. And what I found is people that consistently work that amount of activity, it always ends up being better than we did when we did the, the, the math reverse. But I mean, very practically, sometimes it's I'm going to comment, and I'll use Chelsea Pites as example. She does a, a 10 across and 10 down. I'm going to find 10 stories on Instagram or Facebook that I'm going to interact with meaningfully, like ones that I actually like, and I'm, I'm going to offer something of value. And then I'm going to go 10 down on my feed, and I'm going to do that every single day. And then on top of that, I'm going to, um, you know, try to offer something of value to 10 referral partners. And and what I have people do is if you've had a conversation or you've looked up a realtor online or on social media, you have a good idea of the type of marketing that they do. Are they purchasing leads? Are they doing community events? Are they doing digital? And then find, spend some time and go find a podcast, a YouTube video, something that is in the same category of what they do and just reach out and say, hey, I know that I've seen you doing X. Here is a cool podcast episode. I thought you might find some value in it. Hope you like it. And it's a unique way to offer value with literally no way to get something in return. You're just trying to add value to folks. Um, And so little things like that, I think if people will stop and figure out again, who's my audience, what is it I'm trying to say, which is I want to add value and lead with value in this relationship. I'm not just going to ask you to refer me a bunch of business Mm -hmm. and then find creative ways to do it, quantify that daily and it all kind of works itself out. Oh, I love that. So I, I have that same approach and it's really funny. And to me, it's easiest to put into perspective when you're talking about income, because in this industry, right, we have net income, but then we have all these other benchmarks that we have to hit first. 
everyone else has to take their piece out before you get your eventual like 100k that you want to take home <laughs> which is it seems to be like the initial opening benchmark for every new real estate agent ever they want to make a yeah. hundred thousand dollars that right. first year right um, but really the, what they actually need to generate is like $240,000 in right. sales in order to end up with that. Um, but I love what you said about making those small benchmarks. And you mentioned Chelsea Pice. What, one thing that she says too is comments is content too. Yes. And that to me is a very liberating thing because when I when I realized that social media was working for me, it was because I was using it as prospecting time. You know, when other agents might quantify the number of calls they're making or the number of people who are coming through their open house, I was just trying to make as many interactions as I could on social media. And that's what was creating results for me in my business. So I really like that you shared that. Um, and that 10 by 10 little trick, that's really fun. I think <laughs> that that's something that any, any professional in this industry is. I do it. I do, yeah. it. especially whenever I get busy and I'm not posting content and I'm not even really consuming content. Sometimes I'll say, because, you know, we all like to mindlessly go through social media and just, just to get our fix, right? Oh, it's it's not business related, right? Like that's why we're all on there to begin with. <laughs> but I also am very mindful of, you know what? I didn't really do anything today. Let me make sure I do 10 by 10 because it's just so simple that even when we're in the middle of our mindless scroll through social media, we can do that really quickly to not take away from our escape, if you will. How often are you doing that with your own content? Like, do you ever say, hey, check out this episode. I did this episode and I feel like you would really find it helpful. Do you ever do that kind of thing? As far as with my own podcast? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I obviously promote each episode when it comes out across social media, but I actually have one of my loan officers that works for me here in Dallas right now uh, came off of me doing that with my own content. It was a friend of his that he worked with and there was a, a Facebook group. Uh, it was a specific mortgage software, MBS Highway. And he went into the group and asked a question. And I don't even remember the question, but I had literally just had a really big mortgage personality, Barry Habib on and literally answered that question verbatim. So I sent him the yes, I sent a DM and I sent him a message and I said, hey, I have a podcast. Barry Habib answered this question verbatim. Hope you like the episode. If not, if you just need the answer, go to minute like 22 or whatever. He replies back and said, oh my gosh, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I had no idea you were in Dallas. I, my friend and I would love to take you to coffee and ask questions. And cool. so I said, sure. So I went to coffee. We, I answered a bunch of questions. Wasn't even trying to recruit them or anything and uh, spent like an hour or two with them. Long story short, I see him a couple of weeks later, they asked another question. I'm like, you know, I don't really deal with that with my particular company. You guys should maybe look at coming to work for me. And his buddy, I hired him. He's been with me a year. He's going to be one of my top producing, you know, LOs next year. And so, yes, I do do that with my content, but only if it, if it fits. If there was another example of something, you know, that's better. There's so many great content creators out there of, of, you know, you're one of them, right? You YouTube and Instagram. Like I, I love the stuff that you guys are doing because it absolutely encapsulates what we're trying to do, which is add value. I think you called it lifestyle marketing, live your life, do it in a way where you're putting out content that is relevant to people that they want to pay attention to they know you're in the mortgage and real estate business. They know that you, they're, they're going to consume that content. They're going to get that piece of it too. So that's where the intentionality, I think, um, you know, comes in. But 
I, I do share my stuff, um, but I also share other people's just depending on what the, the situation is. Love it. That's really cool. Um, going into 2021, things continue to feel complex and heavy and hard in our industry. What are you anticipating and how are you like, are there any changes coming up in the way that you're currently doing things or how are you preparing to be better than ever in 2021? If that is one of your goals. Yeah, it's, it's a great question. It is something that I I focus a lot on. Um, I think that over the next 12 to 18 months, people have a unique opportunity. And this goes for both sides of the equation, mortgage and real estate. I think people have a unique opportunity to really set themselves up for about the next 10 years. And what I mean by that is if you look at birth rates of obviously millennials are the largest generation in history and they waited a little bit longer to enter home ownership because you know, most millennials were either at home or just out of the house post crash. So they waited a little bit longer to enter home buying. And so from that behavior standpoint, that's why you can't take the human out of these transactions. We talk about, you know, technology companies trying to replace humans. It's, it's firmly, you know, consumer uh, feedback. They, they want the technology, they want the social media and the engagement, but they still want a human to help walk through that process. But they've now entered homeownership fully. Absolutely. They're going to be drivers of both real estate and mortgage transactions for about the next 10 to 12 years. But when you look at that specific generation, which is our generation, I'm I'm on the older side of the generation, uh, very socially minded, very community minded. They like companies and, and doing business with things that have a why right? That's why indie cosmetics and craft beer and Tom's shoes and those types of things took off is because there's a story behind them that they can relate to. They're a little anti big box. Um, but when you talk about the, the social uh, socialization and the communication, those are key. And so while a lot of people in the mortgage business are focused on refis or people in maybe the real estate business focusing on SEO and leads and, and you know, how to get people top of funnel, um, I think you have a, a, a unique opportunity to position yourself to not only communicate with and cater to that specific generation um, because a lot of people aren't really paying attention to it. You know, can you automate your communication during the process and focus on the things that technology can't do? That's really, at least on the mortgage side, where the win is, is is how do you have, you know, some text messages or video messages going to the realtors and to the consumers of updating them on what's happening throughout the transaction so that you as a human can be there to talk about the creating wealth and the financial health of the real estate transaction itself. And so that's what we're focusing on is how do we be the lender that the majority of, you know, the industry out there wants to participate with and also tell them our why. We're, we're all in this business for a reason. And I want to take a little detour on this for a second because I think it's super important. I sit down with each of my, you know, uh, loan officers or the people that I coach and I ask them, well, why do you want to be or, or why are you, uh, you know, in the mortgage business? Why are you a loan officer? And a lot of times I get the answer why I like to help people or I like to help people, you know, create belief that they can be homeowners or even go as far as I want to help people create wealth. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, why? Well, then they go into some more details. When you get to the third why, it's typically something personal. One of them was, well, I was the kid of a single mom of four. And when we were 18, we kind of got pushed out of the house. 
Um, she worked all these jobs. We moved around a lot because we weren't really financially secure. So I now want to help people buy homes because that's financial security and they can help change their wealth. Okay, well, great. Now, when you sit down with people, you say, listen, I'm a mortgage professional who helps people create financial security and create wealth through real estate. And I do that because I was a single mom of four and I didn't have that. And once I got that and I had the belief, I want to help belief in others. That why is what people buy into. And if you can create some content, whether that's videos or stories or, you know, just share that one-on-one, that why is really what people are going to buy into. Because again, the generation that's driving the dollars, historically, that's the things that they buy into. So you have to personify what really isn't, you know, can be done through a lot of, you can go to a lot of places and get a mortgage and you can go a lot of places and find a realtor to help you. The difference and what will really set each other apart is taking that why and giving them a reason to, to buy into you. That, that, uh, that story that you have, that's what's going to create loyalty and create relationships with people. You know, that's a really interesting point. And I think one thing that's sticking out to me is um, I'm not hearing anything about the producer in that, right? Um, I think that we have our personal production goals, which are very exciting to us and things that, you know, we, we want to achieve. I don't know that that has a place in today's marketing because that has no context for the people that the consumer that we're actually trying to get in front of. And I think that the agents who do it really well are the mortgage lenders who do it really well are the ones who understand that it's not so much about me because like it's the product. The product isn't always the house, the mortgage. It's, it's you at that point, you're selling that unique connection. And and, and in my mind, that's why like, for example, internet memes are so huge because we're all starved for understanding and that connection and the ability to have like an inside joke with somebody on the other side of the internet is thrilling because we all want some, we all want to feel heard. We all want to be connecting with others. So I I think that's really important. And I think that that's going to serve you really well into 2021. Well, I mean, it's just like gifts. I love gifts. I I pride myself into being able to have a text conversation almost exclusively on gifts without hardly typing a word. And I think that, you know, I take a lot of what I do in my everyday life and try to apply it to the masses because we're all, you know, individual people who have the same type of things we think are funny, or at least, you know, even if you don't think what I is funny, I'm going to attract the people to me that, that, that do. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I think, what we're talking about. To your point, we're so socially minded, but yet we're still very disconnected. And, and especially in COVID, if you can click with someone or relate to someone on a human level, you're almost all the way there because we're not getting a lot of that right now. We're, we're doing Zooms, you know, we're, we're doing a lot of things virtually. Even when we are in public, there's a mask, right, that you have over your face. And when you think from a human behavior and, and just a biological standpoint, that used to be why in sales in the, in the 70s and 80s that you couldn't have any facial hair because they said subliminally people think they can't trust you because if you have facial hair, you're, you're hiding your face and you have something to hide. So they said in sales, you need to be clean shaven. Um, I, I think there's a little bit of that when we're out in public. Everyone has this wall 
that's put right over their face. And so even when you go out, you're still disconnected from people because they have a wall up and so do you. And I know that might sound kind of cheesy, but when you talk about how do you relate to humans, which is as salespeople, what we need to do, if you can just find something in common and share a laugh over a meme or a GIF, people like that. People want to be around you. They want to talk to you. And then business just takes care of itself. You know, and, mm-hmm. and one of the things that you said, yes, I'm cringing anymore, especially in the mortgage business. They're so bad about it. When you're putting out, you know, I just hit this much in volume this month, or I just hit this many units, or I just doubled my production. Okay, cool. Pat yourself on the back. Be excited about that. But who in your inner circle as far as people you want to do business with really cares. And as a realtor, I'm going to be doing, okay, you did that much business, but I was only this of this. So do you, am I really, are you really that committed to me? Or if I'm a consumer, it's, were they too busy to do business with me? Like it's almost counterproductive. Oh man, I couldn't agree more. I, we had to remove the word busy from our vocabulary yes, because we got into that thing, especially when you're young, like early on in the business and you're trying, well, I was really young when I got into, I was 22 when I got into the business. So I wanted everybody to know that I was super successful and super busy, busy, busy. Anytime anyone asks what we're up to, but as soon as you start doing that, you're actually communicating the fact that you don't have time for people. And this is already an emotional process. Like to your point, we're not selling vacuums. Right. We're not selling like products. We shouldn't be explaining houses, trying to sell houses by just sharing off specs and numbers of rooms and bathrooms. Like that's not, that's not even part of the equation yet. We're running lead interception. Mm -hmm. We're trying to attract people and solidify that relationship before they have a chance to get referred the family real estate agent from their mom or something, you know, like that's, Preach. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of, that's like the big thing. And I think that once we have an understanding of that, suddenly this becomes a very worthy cause. This is not a self-indulgent thing to create content and put ourselves up on a pedestal and feed our ego by sharing our messages that we think are so important. But it's not that at all. And I think that that's sometimes what, um, what people in the industry feel like. They think, well, I don't really have anything important to share. You know, nobody really wants to listen to me, but that's not necessarily the point. The point is, is like what you said, finding those ways of connecting and connecting at scale. I mean, I can connect with 10,000 people with one post and you don't even need that many followers to connect with them. So I think that that's really a good point. So I thank you for bringing that up because I think that's serving a lot of people. Another thing that I will say on that is as we're out there creating relationships and uh, making leads and whatnot, I, I do see some people that get so caught up in that, that they get very excited of, Hey, I, you know, added this many people to my database or created this many leads and they forget that we don't make any money on that. Like that's not the end part of it. So celebrate those small wins. But again, you have to keep in context what it is we're trying to do. Cause there's a lot of folks that, uh, you know, I got so many views and likes. Okay, great. What was your call to action? Or if not call to action, what, what did you do after that? So you have all these new connections online did you take them offline? Did you have any other type of conversation or interaction with them? You know, that's, that's another part of this that I don't think gets talked about as much. It's all these marketing things we can do and we're supposed to be doing them to, you know, close loans or, or, you know, close houses and the gap in between of how that happens sometimes doesn't get talked about as much. 
I couldn't agree more. Um, I did not come up with this, but one thing that I think a lot about is being profitable, not popular. Mm-hmm. And it is so attractive to see those big numbers by your name on any platform. <laughs> but at the end of the day, if it's not turning in, if it's not translating into dollars yep. in your bank account, it doesn't matter a bit. It is worthless. And so I think, I mean, do you have, um, do you have any tips on that? Just on converting and taking them that next step? Is it just as simple as having a call to action? Yeah, it is. I, here's what I tell people. Um, something I've said for several years that, that seems to, to put it in context, marketing gets someone's attention. Sales is what makes them a customer. Those are two different things. And uh, for, for those that have, a lot of this, your audience may not have, have seen my content, but I got the opportunity to go to New York and do a podcast with Gary V, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk at VaynerMedia. And I asked him about that concept. And he flat out said that 90% of people in our industry as a whole think they're marketing themselves and really they're selling. And that distinction matters because if you're too salesy, you turn people off. Mm-hmm. So with marketing, we just want to get someone's attention. We want to give them something relevant, something entertaining, uh, funny, educational to, to get their attention. Once you have their attention, what you do with it is what matters. So can you have a direct conversation? Do you have a call to action? What do you do? But yes, there's two different sides of that coin you can't think you're marketing and really all you do is selling yourself. But if you just market and get someone's attention, but there's no conversion, there's no call to action, then we don't make any money. So there is a balance there that you absolutely have to figure out. And I I think that in our industry, if you're not putting content out regularly on social media or using some type of a, of of a tech platform to use to, to go exponentially wide outside of, How many people can you meet at a happy hour event or at the chamber of commerce meetings? You've got to find ways to get really, really outside of that box. And, uh, and again, if you pay attention to the two, you'll make the money that you need while still feeling good about why you're doing and what that cause is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes back to the consistency, right? Mm -hmm. Because I argue that if you set out to begin blog posting, let's say, and you put out a couple of blog posts and then you give up when you don't see results. That's not marketing. That's selling. Yep. Right. So going back to that consistency from the top of the call, I think is what's really going to tie it in. And I think it's a patience thing, right? Mm -hmm. There there's ways to, uh, we we all want to not have to market and sell very much. Like we just want to like maintain it, but have a ton of business. And you have to forget that there's a lot of us, you know, especially when I first got in the mortgage industry, there was no social media. There was no, you know, it was literally paper flyers walking around to real estate offices, uh, trying to get past the gatekeeper and, and, you know, make you guys listen to me for just a couple of minutes. It was straight selling and it was almost door to door cold calling selling. Uh, I say almost, it actually was. Um, but I say that to say that's a way to get quick business, you know, on the mortgage side or even on the real estate side, one-on-ones or cold calling, um, while you have to go through a lot of people, you can have fast results. And sometimes you need to do something that doesn't have a lot of long-term potential, but will give you the short-term results while you're building this long-term machine over here. And, And that's a big thing is while I was building out this podcast, while I was building content and this reputation and, and, and branding, I was still dialing for dollars and I was still blasting people on LinkedIn and, and all the stuff that we, we, we is very cliche and we tell people not to do. 
it's not that you can't do it. It's that once you do it, you have to do it over again. And we're trying to teach how can you create an ecosystem of you live your life, you share content, attraction marketing, people come to you and get involved in your business. So if you're wanting to blog, blog long-term while doing some of the short-term tactics to close deals. And then if over time you're not getting any deals from it, well, then you can reevaluate, but don't, to your point, don't sell yourself short. That's not being consistent. And so, you know, especially on, on some content marketing plays, you need to give yourself, you know, months, if not a year to really know, is it going to be fruitful? Um, at least if you're trying to build a long-term business anyway. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And one thing I like to say is we don't retire on fast results. <laughs> yes, yes. Anything worthwhile takes time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think that if you ask anyone in any side of our business that's had real success and lasting success, did it happen zero to 90? Like in, in 90 days, are you where you're at and you just spent maintaining since then? when we stop and think about it, we know all of these things take time. It's just a lot of people don't want to take the time. They want to have the appearance of I've already made it and, and so on and so forth. And I, again, I think that goes back to your why and those small goals that'll keep you excited and consistent. And then you'll wake up one day and, and you've made it. And, you know, you and I both and a lot of others, we're still going to stay consistent for years. And hopefully one day, hopefully one day we've made it. I love it. Well, Phil, for those who would like to take the conversation further, where can people find you? Uh, pretty easy to find. Just Phil Treadwell, at Phil Treadwell on, on most of the social media channels, uh, websites, philtreadwell.com. Uh, my podcast is a mortgage marketing expert. Um, it's not just for mortgage professionals, real estate professionals will get a lot out of it too. A lot of the content is synonymous. Um, and you can go to mmepodcast.com or any of the, any of the podcast channels. Awesome. Guys, definitely take a moment to check out Phil. He has so much value to share and a really compelling message. I think that you're really going to dig it. Um, Phil, thank you so much for joining us on the Market Authority Show. I appreciate having you. It was a great chat. Thank you so much. Appreciate what you're doing for our industry. And there you have it. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode. And I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Phil. Definitely be sure to check him out on Instagram, as well as his podcast, The Mortgage Marketing Expert. A lot of the tips and strategies that he shares, while they're directed for the mortgage industry, they apply really well to residential real estate as well. And you know that I'm a fan of looking outside of our direct industry to bring in fresh ideas that is working for um, that are working for other professionals. So check that out. Big thanks to Phil again. And I want to remind you that if you're looking to level up your business in 2021, there is a better way to go it than just going it alone. Check out my free masterclass. All of the links are in the show notes. I'm going to share exactly how to triple your business in 2021 and beyond. We're talking strategies for lead generation, lead conversion, and client retention, all really fun ways to increase your authority in your market and generate the results that come with that. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk soon. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. 
And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.